Hello and welcome to episode number seven, or lucky number seven, of Policy in Wonderland. I'm your host, Evitar Mira. you can call me Evi. In Policy in Wonderland, just like Alice, we are going to explore and see the wonderful world of insurance, insurtech, and everything that's connected to this amazing ecosystem. In Policy in Wonderland, you will meet startups from all over the world, key figures, and more. So without further ado, we travel today to Spain, and I want to invite my guests to join me as we go down the rabbit hole. Please welcome Peter Tilborg from Zorro. Hey, Peter. Hey, thanks very much for having <laughs> me. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And, you know, let's start from the beginning. Hmm. Just uh, can you start by giving us a brief introduction about uh, about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, and, yeah, so and, and how, uh, sorry, and how you ended up in Spain because you were originally from the UK, from the north. Yeah, I think people will get quite quickly from my accent that I'm from, <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> Not a very Spanish accent. Um, yeah, so really, I, I, you know, I've been lucky to be in this fabulous um, rabbit hole of insurance for, for quite a while. Um, started off uh, insurance broking in, in the UK and, and worked for the likes of Willis and Marsh. And then um, had the opportunity to move to Spain to take on an underwriting job. Um, running a, a crisis management team across not just Spain but um, Europe, and eventually we 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 spread that to to Africa and, and Asia as well. Um, and yeah, I've always been been in love with the culture of Spain, the people, the lifestyle. So it was it was an opportunity that really was just fantastic to take. Nice. And it's funny how these things happen because subsequently moving to Spain, I met my co-founders of our now um, startup and we we had the idea of what we wanted to do and carried that on I, I was at the time living in in Barcelona and have since moved to the south of Spain to to Malaga um, which is even warmer even better weather <laughs> even more relaxed probably <laughs> just all the beautiful things of Spain combined yeah. um your co-founders are also from the insurance from the insurance yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we have a nice mix. Um, so two co-founders, Diego, who's originally from Paraguay, um, living in the US, uh, was also on the underwriting side and, and led an underwriting team across the Americas, particularly focused on, on Latin America. Um, and then my other co-founder, Loris, um, is originally French, uh, lived in Spain for a long time, now lives in Mexico. So all quite, Whoa, quite nice. international. <laughs> but he was from the, the tech side. So he, mm -hmm. he was... Well, head of IT for for a European insurance company, and you know, all of us were a bit frustrated with tech. We'll come on to that, I'm sure. But it was just a nice natural gel of a team to get together with shared ideas of what we wanted to do. So, what is the problem that Law is trying to solve? Yeah, I think quite a few. <laughs> one of one of the ones that we really wanted to to solve was just digitizing and improving efficiency uh, in insurance and the whole relationship with technology seemed a little bit broken to us it was very you founded you founded yeah. Loro uh, in in what year in 2021 so hmm. it's like these are already startups that are talking about the exact kind of problem yeah what what was the difference that you know you say okay we will bring different uh, perspective, different approach. What was your edge that you were yeah. thinking about? 
Yeah, I think we, we were all from specialty insurance background, specialty commercial side. And one of the big things with that is the broker, the intermediaries, your partners are so key in getting business. And they're always going to be key. They, they play a fundamentally important role in this ecosystem of insurance. And a lot of systems cater or a lot of solutions cater for one uh, distribution avenue, be that direct to consumer or be that through one partner. We felt that we were missing out on this myriad of partnerships that the industry depends on. So I might have partner A, who's a wholesale broker, and they have 10 um, retail partners beneath them and perhaps associations beneath that. Connecting those journeys from, a, I've got a product I want to sell online today. I want these people, three, three people down the chain to get it, just didn't work with conventional solutions. So... That's why we created Lotto to, to create distribution that fits with what our industry is, which is people selling products, advising people, helping people um, just with a bit of, you know, a bit of spice of efficiency thrown in that they can actually do things a bit more quickly and people can delegate products and control without necessarily years of projects to do so. Um, so, yeah, that that was the main thing we, we, we kind of um strive to solve so it's in a way bring technology to the brokers or to the agents that in day-to-day -day are not looking or are not able to looking for that that kind of technology to bring them tools to say this it's, is loro yeah us, yeah, yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead no sorry it's it's more that it's a solution for primarily underwriters and mgas that have fantastic products we work with a lot of amazing entrepreneurial MGAs that are selling new products around the world. And they have a distribution model that's dependent on some valuable partners that bring business to them. And those partners have their own intern partners and brokers beneath them. What we were finding is those MGAs and insurers would struggle to get their products across the spectrum of people they were dealing with in a way that added value to those brokers made the lives of the brokers easier in terms of getting quotations, binding business and, and distributing their products. Um, so with Lotto, they can in, almost cascade products down that chain, reducing things like waiting for documents to be produced, the hassle of rekeying data, the kind of waiting period between binding, uh, requesting a quote to be bound and actually binding it. And creating automation where the industry needs automation. I think there's this big idea in insurance that we need to automate so much of it, when in reality, you still need people to be advising on complex, in our world, specialty insurance lines that require conversation and nuance and, uh, and touch points where needed. And you can't just say, I need a system to go from A to B. You need a system that goes A to B to C to D to E back to A. And that's what Loro tries to tries to do. And so Loro is connected to also insurance companies, right? And also for the CRM and so on, all the uh, technology from the brokers from the from the MGA side, right? Yeah. So think of us as a modern underwriting workbench. Workbench is a super trendy term at the moment. Um, that means that risks can be seen from underwriters as and when they need to, mm -hmm. and also be distributed across their broker networks, direct to consumer, or even non-traditional partners if they want to. 
So it's a powerful model underwriting workbench with all the distribution nuance that our market needs. But the way of distribution or the way to be able to connect several insurance companies is not like the call of fame of the MGAs in a way. Yeah. And then sure, you say, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, MGAs are big, big users of our of our product for sure. Um, but MGAs still face those same challenges because often mm -hmm. they're working with wholesalers, retailers, associations. So, yeah. so this is your main customer? Yeah, I would say so. We're, we're a US, US um, Delaware company. So the US MGA market still mm -hmm. booming, I think we all think so. We all can agree on. Um, and lots of US entrepreneurial MGAs that are starting off with ideas, with great underwriters who've left big organizations, who want to start something new see great value in using Loro to get something up and running very fast and get out in terms of distribution of their products. And what are like the line of business? Is this professional, personal lines, commercial lines? What the exact kind of insurance is selling? Or yeah, you, you uh, distribute uh, via Loro. Yeah, we have quite an eclectic mix. Um, wow. Nice. Yeah, we go all the way from motor insurance that we have a user selling motor on our platform all the way through to um, real specialty niche lines like foodborne illness, uh, product contamination, different types of financial lines. So DNO, professional indemnity. Um, yeah, quite quite a mix. Um, terrorism liability, surety, all sorts of products on our platform. And right. the reason we can do that is we have a platform that's very intuitive. People can click and build rules to. And we kept those rules deliberately product agnostic so that they can fit with a contingency product today and a fine art policy tomorrow. Yeah, it's a pretty wide range of uh, uh, of uh, products. It's not like, okay, personal line, so yeah, it's motor or homeowners. But yeah. I would say terror and DNO, yeah. right? Yeah, what a mix. Cyber? Or Cyber yeah. too, yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even new products, to be honest. It, it's interesting for us because when I was in my underwriting role, you know, you, you constantly have your head down, you're looking at your product. Exactly. And you kind of miss what the amazing innovation that's going on in the market. Whereas now, almost on a daily basis, we get to speak to entrepreneurial MGAs who have a new product that, I've probably never heard of and, and two probably don't understand initially but i when they explain it and you and you get to hear their vision for it you think wow you know this is amazing it's so great to play a small part in bringing these products to life from a tech perspective but you're located in spain as we yeah. know and um, but uh, loro is a delaware uh, company in the us why are not moving to the us but this is not a, like a problem for you as the CEO, you know, you need to be boots on the ground. Yeah, no, I fully understand. I travel, I travel there quite a lot, as, as you can imagine. But yeah, we have um, a co-founder based in the US and we're building out a team there as well. But really, we wanted to be global from, from day one and, and we built mm, the system nice. in multi-currency, multilingual. We have users, not just in America, but... You know, we, we're proud to say on four continents in Latin America, Europe, and um, and even a man on the ground for us in Kenya. We we love what's going on in the African wow. insurance market too. Huge potential and adds real 
real tangible social value to the to, to some of the, the 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 countries and industries there so yeah we're passionate to be a global product not just a u.s solution what kind of potential do you see in uh, africa in the insurance uh, world of in the insurance market in africa yeah it's just i mean if you look at trends i, I compare it quite a lot with what's happening in latin america and we've got a, a, a decent footprint there and it's where our dev team is based in, in mexico as well um if you look at the demographics of population age gdp growth all, all these kind of things mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities in terms of metrics for how insurance penetration can grow a lot of key factors like use of um, mobile phone technology all these kind of things and in from a from um i don't i would say more um social side as well i think insurance can add a lot of value you know there's a lot of um, substance farming there's a lot of things that if disaster strikes people are in a lot of trouble so from a business opportunity perspective it's very exciting but also from a social responsibility perspective i think it's a very interesting area i saw that you um you were in lloyd's lloyd's lab Yeah. A month ago yeah can yeah. you share the experience at Lloyd's because it's like Lloyd's yeah that was a, a fabulous experience and, and quite a quite an interesting route for us to get there so we were funny enough we went to one of the ITC events that we both know and we, we spoke about before fantastic um so we're at the ITC inaugural Miami event um and they had a pitch competition for uh for the Lloyd's lab so we participated in that and um ended up winning it which was amazing um which turned out to be our we if we use a football analogy turned out to be our semi-final because then we had to go to london and compete in the final to pitch again <laughs> um but yeah fabulous team at lloyd's luckily again we we got through that next round and we spent uh 10 10 amazing weeks um in and around the lloyd's market For people who don't know you you get a mentor set from syndicates brokers consultants lloyd all, all sorts of amazing people around the the ecosystem of lloyds and they guide you through some product ideas some commercial opportunities uh um, as a result of it you know we have some fabulous partnerships in in the lloyds market that we're we're bringing to life now so for us it was just a really positive experience It's logic as we talk before this uh, the recording most of their more romantic side of the insurance story because yeah. it's all the history and as as far as I know as, as you mentioned the right now and the Deloitte lab is I think the best acceleration program for insurance technology company um and to really boost their the penetration to the market right I uh, yeah I mean we we there's a few that I think are really fantastic out there we uh, read a lot about insurtech um and and why as well which I've had really good things about but Lloyd's yeah absolutely for us I mean with our specialty ideals and some of the product lines we have, Just learning from the vast array of people was just uh, you know it's just incredible it's just such a valuable experience and we spoke about it too before but if you're coming perhaps from outside the industry and you have an idea to bring into the insurance industry 
cannot recommend it enough because it's a 10 week ultimate crash course in insurance yeah um i want to share a short video and we will talk about it i'm delighted to be here to tell you about our company loro we were founded in 2021 a delaware c corp and we aim to be what shopify is for e-commerce in the ability to take any product anywhere in the world online immediately we are a solution for mgas cover holders and insurers uh, as we mentioned with clients across four continents so what is Loro? we're a full policy admin system this demo at uh, itc uh, ITC Vegas uh, 2023. There you say we are the first free insurtech. Mm. What does it mean to be the first free insurtech? Yeah, for us, it means that we completely de-risk that concept of trying something. That you can come to us. We're really proud of this to have our pricing on our website in a transparent way, but you can also come to our site, sign up, and go without any commitment without any initial upfront cost the fact that we want to bring we want to have confidence in our solution that is true partnership if people try it and love it we both can do well out of it if it's not for you no problem we shake hands and, and we go our separate ways but this whole we spoke about it at the start this whole idea that software should be a lot of money up front for something that may or may not exist or it's a multi-year commitment for something that may or may not work we really just didn't like that as a at its core so yeah that's why we came up with with our pricing model um i always say with the world's first free insure tech if there's any uh, lawyers listening they might challenge me on that i'm not sure but from my <laughs> research we are I am a lawyer and I will not charge you. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, this is really what kept my ears because the first free insurtech, okay, what does it mean? And how you, it's like, how you, what is your pricing strategy? And what does it exactly, if I'm right now MGA, okay, if you are free, I will be suspicious. What, what you are doing with my data, it's like, um, okay, this is really free. This is, um, what is hiding under the hood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, surprisingly, we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for, yeah. All, for yeah. all the people, uh, direct, direct them to the episode. So yeah. It will be yeah, really absolutely. <laughs> watch. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of suspicion naturally for us as any consumer of a product when we see the word free right we, we think what's the catch naturally um we do charge clearly on our website from a hundred thousand dollars of bound premium each year we charge one percent and that's for everyone to see on our site they can check check our full model um but again the idea for us is we don't want to make money as a software development company Mm -hmm. not there to make money from some kind of arrangement where you pay us to build something we're there to give you a platform that can truly add value to what you're doing and our belief is it will and if it does then we we have a revenue share that compensates us and and hopefully makes your business more successful if it doesn't then 
fine as i said there's no there's no commitment there but uh yeah it's 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 there's a few other things we charge and we speak to people about like we offer some support packages if people need our help at the start again we're not a big name in software these aren't crazy prices and we have some support if people want commitments from the team's time around the world to to help them but from a pure usage of our platform cost it's exactly what it says on the tin for me from from the side look it's one of the things that uh, i say okay this is interesting this is a, a new approach to the uh, this uh, 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 traditional industry that it's not just commissions brokers mga it delivers something you can take it and mm-hmm. if it's okay with you go ahead and uh, let's collaborate uh, and uh, riding to the uh, to the sunset um you said on Josh show in Shutek leadership that one of your mission is to democratize insurance could you uh, could you please elaborate on this yeah yeah I think there's a few things to that um one, one thing I've really been learning myself in the last couple of uh, couple of years is that there's really talented people in this industry like really talented smart individuals who want to make things happen um and traditionally one of the restraints around being able to well two restraints around being able to do things one if you're part of a big corporation innovation although it's getting a lot better is still sometimes hard uh, and the second point we spoke about it before but the availability of capital right to make things happen is it's a true challenge for everyone for every exactly. startup, for everyone doing it's a massive project. especially in shooting especially yeah so we we felt that for these brilliantly talented individuals that want to start a company be it in california selling a new type of line or you know in spain selling a new product that that they've just left matt fray to do and they've got a great idea and they need some help they should be able to have a system that's quick that's easy that's cost effective to go out and prove their idea and we can be that We can be their first insurance system where they can go out, take all of their amazing expertise and ideas and vision for what they want to do and try it in a market without going out and raising millions of dollars to build their own system and hire a massive team and all of that stuff. So, so you're also taking really, care of the, sorry to interrupt, no, but uh, uh, you're also taking care of the capacity? Um, we don't, we don't. We do the pure tech, but I think it's a natural... Um, addition to that because having a system yeah. and managing your data and understanding how you're going to record your risk exposure aligns itself naturally to those capacity conversations they have um yeah, this is the second thing that catch my ears the first is the first insurance insurtech and the second is the the democratize of the of the industry because as we know that democratization is from the crypto side, But right now you said we will bring something new uh, a second uh, 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 to the insurance world and deliver deliver to the MGAs that are struggling enough with all the techs with especially the captive there they need to be like a little insurance company and then you bring them okay, let's give you a uh, a kit for your journey and we will ride it together again to the sunset 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it has it has knock on effects, right? It has a consequence because it makes the availability of products exactly. greater. It like we spoke about briefly with the Africa situation, it, it makes the availability of key insurance products more widely available for the audience, hence more competitive pricing, better options. So I think really technology, that's that's the key we have to do in this space is to um, to make a difference in terms of availability of products for people that need them. And that's products from all the way on the ground to one individual in Nairobi, all the way up to a, a corporation in in Oregon or something like that. You know, it's it's all layers of the insurance industry that need that. What motivates you in your current role? Because you came from the insurance world and then you open your own startup, your own insurtech. What excites you, uh, the work you are doing right now, about yeah. the work you are doing right now? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, when you, when you do these things, and we've learned a lot of lessons along, along the way, and we've learned so, so much more to learn, I'm sure, every day. But we would, you sometimes get too far ahead of yourself. And we would be thinking, you know, what's our plan? What's, what's our exit plan? What's our plan in terms of how we're going to get X amount of revenue? And the reality is, what motivates us every day is just to be something valuable for our customers. And if we can do that every day and make a small difference to their ambitions, their dreams, their business, then we'll be successful and they'll be successful. But the moment I think we start getting too far ahead of ourselves um, is when it starts to go wrong. So what motivates me is that is having conversations like I have every day with talented people that's how can we help? We're showing them things like we bring to life their vision very quickly uh, and all those kind of things. So, yeah, that's that's that really motivates me. Uh, once you say that you create products to the MGAs and the, uh, and your customers, what is your two cents related to generative AI? Because we can imagine that in the near future, maybe we can generate products in insurance of course, regulation and so on and so on. But in general, maybe I will be able to generate some products mm -hmm. and how it's affected on Loro or, uh, or on your vision about your strategy and uh, your uh, the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, generative AI, I think it's got a role to play in, in content creation in general for our sector, absolutely. We've thought about it a lot with Lotto on how we could maximize it. And the reason we haven't deployed any specific AI in general to our platform is because is, is quite frankly, because we couldn't see an area that it adds enough value to justify us doing that. And we're not just going to put it on our site for a marketing tick box exercise. We would do it only if it brings something real to our customers. So we were more interested from an AI side of what... Um, the system can do in terms of analyzing data, say to help people with loss strategies, predictions, taking what the underwriting results are looking like, and even perhaps doing some things along the digital proposal set to make sure you're asking the right, the relevant current mm -hmm. questions to, to your users. But that's a long-term project for us and, and more on a research stage at the moment. In terms of generative AI, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm far from an expert in the field. I probably like you, I get a lot of these clearly generative AI marketing emails that I think look like <laughs> absolute rubbish most of the time. So call me a slight skeptic in terms of how 
embedded it will be with our industry right away. But clearly it's something that's generating a lot of noise and a lot of interest, not least with our friends in the VC world, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, as the one that see a lot of founders and insurtechs and MGAs and, and involved in the industry and in two years create a wonderful insurtech, what are the most important tips you would give to insurtech founders when they start their journey? Yeah. And also the opposite, tips to investors, for example, uh, when they are talking to insurtechs, especially yeah. this uh, uh, period. Yeah, I can use this a bit like um, a counseling session to get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> um, because I, I would say one thing for investors, certainly, is that don't, I, I think we all talk about this, right? You know, past results are not indicative of future performance. And the insure tech space gets a little bit, in my opinion, an unfair reputation from some of the things that have gone before. I think we need to look at it with a fresh perspective it's one of the biggest industries in the world. You cannot go anywhere without seeing or hearing insurance. There are some amazing things happening. And I think we need an investment landscape that can back this up properly and deliver some true success stories in our sector. So I would love to see a more favorable investment landscape towards insurtechs full stop. I think there's, there's more to be done there. Um, in terms of advice that we, we did from our early days, the best thing I can say is speak to people. Everyone I've reached out to has been just incredible with their time, their generosity of advice and support. Be that people who've been there, who've done it, who are far more successful than we are, that we can go to and we can lean on and we can get their support and input. And we had some amazing angel investors, but beyond that, just amazing people who we, we had endless conversations with, endless glasses of wine with to go over important topics. So that would be my advice. Just don't do it on your own. You don't have to. Sounds obvious, but is not. No. Uh, because there is a lot of startups, a lot of founders that we all, they said to themselves, we know the best. And especially in insurance, you need to talk. You need to talk with whoever come around. So, we, so yeah, it's a one of the it's a good tips um as we near to the end are there any final thoughts that you would like to share um no i don't think so i think just you know we're keen to stay committed to our cause so as ever if there's anyone who's starting an mga or wants to look at a digital distribution just reach out we're not i said to you at the start of when we were speaking privately before that we're never here to, to sell. I mean, that's com completely against the culture of Lotto. We're here to be partners, to support and to have a conversation about it. So we'd love to speak to people who are trying something new, who want to bring a product to life, just to see if we can help in any way. Um, so please reach out to us. I mean, our website's there. You can sign up for a call with us. Um, check out our Lotto LinkedIn. We do a lot of somewhat fun stuff on there, like drawers of um, Lotto merchandise and things. So check that out. But uh, yeah, just have a, come and have a conversation. We're always open, ready to do that. I hope that I sound uh, pretty objective, but uh, there, this wasn't like a selling conversation. I, I don't believe in interview for, for selling conversation or for PR. Um, for me, it sounds uh, pretty... Um, um, you actually, Loro wants to collaborate with the other players 
in the playground, like the MGAs and so on. So good luck for that. Uh, and uh, is there any recommendation you want to share? Is a movie, book? Let's uh, spread around. Oh, yes. That, well, that was a fabulous book. I was, re I was reading the other week and I've completely forgotten the title of <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe we can put that in the notes or something yeah. after. Yeah, send me. Uh, it was all about, all about the investment world, so and I found it fascinating. I was glued to it. So yeah, I'll, I'll pass you those details after. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, and not to be that nerdy, what other recommendation? Not just investments or insurtech or any anything uh, else. Look, I I'm <laughs> I'm into I'm into a couple of things outside the world of insurance. One is triathlon. I'm love living in the south of spain so i can go swimming running and cycling a lot you had triathlon uh, because I, i saw that you uh, you upload a picture with lloyd's lab and by the way broker brett just keep yours right now hear it because i know that uh, in the near future he's doing his own marathon you had triathlon or marathon yeah i do i do marathons too but triathlon so i'm wow. 24 iron man this year so nice. I, i love all that stuff so i read a lot around that subject and my other big passion and interest is is history and politics and i just read the the latest book on on lenin which i found absolutely amazing from a not saying i agree with the politics or anything like that but just amazing from a, a story of failed leadership and And uh, you know how to how to almost dominate and uh, the people around you and create a whole sense of the new a new a new religion almost a new politics which I found um, found really fascinating. So if anyone's looking for a history book, I'd highly recommend that one as well. I wrote it down. Okay, for me, uh, nice. So Peter, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it, and it was Thanks. very interesting for me. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you.